Come on, amen. I, I apologize for my delay. Let's just keep Jim and his family in prayer as his aunt is in her final stages, and we're sending some of the ministers and the associate pastor to go do a, a last rites for them. Come on, just grab somebody and say, let's pray for that family right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come into agreement, Father God, that your will is supreme over all things, Father God, and that you shall have give us peace and give Jim and his family peace in this day, Father God, that a day is supposed to be a celebration, God, that they might have to mourn. But, Father God, we understand your word says grieving only endures for the night, but joy shall sh come in the morning, Father. We ask you right now, Holy Spirit, that you would go into that hospital room, wherever they're at, you would touch them from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet, every inch of that place, God, that you will embrace them, Father God, with your love and your compassion and give them peace that passes all understanding. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm excited to be here today. I want to thank God for all the fathers. How many fathers we have in a place? Just raise your hand. Amen. We honor you today. You can just take me down on the stage. We honor you today. Amen. If it was not for an awesome father that I had, I wouldn't be here today. And I'm grateful for that. But now I celebrate with my heavenly father. Amen. Come on. I'm honored to be here today for a number of reasons. But I want to get right into this. If we can do that. All right. I'm excited because I, I, how would I put this in easy terms? I'm excited to walk in the will of God. I'm excited got that, to walk in the will of God. Anybody else have this excitement? I mean, some of us are not completely walking in the will. How many of you are really trying, amen? You're putting your best foot forward. You know you're giving a, a good effort. You want to tell your neighbor, I want to walk in the will of God. I was doing some studying this week and whatnot, and um, I was thinking about a lot of things, and I was excited about how God is, is, is using the church. God is growing us. God is doing amazing things. And you know, as I, as I went forward this week, I, many people will pose the question to me of how or why I became a, a pastor, amen? I and mean, for many of you, how many of you, you know you heard the call of God in your life? Anybody here, just me, maybe you heard the call of God, amen? Some of us answered it, some of us haven't. I believe it was, um, it was Emma who put, I, I hear God calling you, but how do I pick up the phone type of thing? I, I hear God calling me, amen? And I want to just spend just a few minutes today telling you my experience. This is the truth. This is my experience of when God called me, how I felt, and how I related it to what I should do in my life. Amen? <clears throat> Many times we don't understand that the answering the call of God means putting away my own desires in my life. It was about the time my father passed away that the call really came upon my life. And many times this question is posed of why and when. And, and I had to overcome a battle to do my own desires or to do the will of God. Many days, um, we all fight the same battle, maybe on a different scale. Sometimes you, you can either have the decision to sin or not to sin. It's the proverbial angel and the devil. You want one on each shoulder and you have this decision to make. Well, maybe I'm not going to do this. Uh, that's, that's not going to be pleasing to God. And maybe I will do this. You ever had that decision in your life? Amen. Um, I had my aspirations, my hopes, my dreams. And, but one, one, one day, I truly, with all my heart, just truth, I, I heard God calling you. Uh, rather calling me, and, and, you know, I heard him so clearly. It was as if God had whispered my name into my ear, and he was speaking to me, but yet I know that even though it sounded like a whisper, I realized he called me throughout the expanse of history. If you can understand this, throughout, before God laid down the foundations of the earth, he whispered the words that I need you. And this, this spoke to my heart that, that God's word is everlasting, so he had already spoken this word millions of years ago when he formed the earth. He spoke those words to me. Louis Burgos, I need you. I put this, I began to put this into comprehension so I would be able to understand. I, it was as if he told me, I have a job opening that only you can fulfill. A, a, a purpose, an emptiness, a void in a church that only you can fulfill. And I, I was fearful. 
Anybody ever been afraid of something? Started a new job and you were just kind of, can I really do this? Am I overqualified? I, I kind of played it off in the interview. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm getting paid a lot of money and I hope they like me. Anybody? A couple of y'all? Nobody has good jobs. Amen. In many ways, I was unsure. But for the opportunity to serve the master of the universe, I, I told myself for the opportunity to serve the architect of all of creation, for the opportunity to serve the God who framed the heavens with his mere words, for the opportunity to, to, to serve this unfathomable God. As the songwriter declared, he said in one song, he said, for you flung the sun to burn in space and you commanded it to borrow the moon, to borrow light from day. And this is the God who is beckoning to me. This is the God who calls me. Anybody ever had God call you into his service? And, and I felt this overwhelming feeling of, of this is the God of not just the beginning, but also the God of the end. And he, he desires me. It's a very humbling thought when I put it into this context. For it was this very same God who, who spoke to the dirt to bring forth life. And at the moment the word was formulated in his mouth, the ground manifested life that we still are discovering to this day. And it was this very same God who was calling me, who, who cried out to the oceans. And he, in Genesis, the second chapter, he commanded it to bring forth life. And when he did so, the Bible says that life was manifested on every level. And there is sea creatures that we do not even know to this very day that are in existence. And it was at this moment that I was humbled to realize this God of all creation, he wanted me. You picking up my picture this morning? It was him. It was this all-knowing, omnipotent, all-powerful God. And for this, yes, I surrendered my will. You see, when I, if I just said, well, God's calling me, but I want to do this. So for me, it was easy to follow my will. But when I took into, y'all following, when I took into all this account, of who was calling me. You see, so many times we get wrapped up about who we know and who we see. And, and these famous people, you see a famous person, oh, my God, you get starstruck. And you want to get, can I get a picture with you? You're like, like if you know them, you know, you don't even know them. And you have a picture in your, in, in your house of you with some celebrity that doesn't even know you. But he was just like, yeah, whatever. And we get so excited. And I go, I go to these diners. I go to these restaurants. Uh, Angel's Diner, I frequented a lot you, uh, uh, before I started budgeting my money. And, um, and uh, it had all these different um, pictures of all these celebrities. And you know they don't know any of them. They just happened to come in and eat there. And, and they were all starstruck. And I, I began to realize that so many times we, we don't realize who God is. We don't realize how amazing and how grand the God that we serve is. And I know many here can realize that for some of the most difficult things for us as Christians to do is to deny yourself. Oh, can I get a witness to that? Some of the toughest things you can ever do is to tell yourself no. Some of the hardest things you'll ever do is say yes to God's will. It's just a fact. It's not easy to give up the way you desire to live, amen? It's not easy to refrain from things that are pleasurable because the Bible does declare sin is pleasurable, but only for a season. And to bring your life into this discipline, to bring your life into a regimented, structured way of living, it is very, extremely difficult. Amen? Many of us that is reflected in our body types, I'll leave that alone. But to be regimented, to be disciplined, to stick to something is very hard. It's very difficult. Society today is a hotbed of plunging moral beliefs. The faith is being weakened on all fronts. In every area, we're hardwired in, in society from media to, to news to all different types of television outlets and music. We're hardwired to have a plunging moral compass. Amen? 
And, and, and it, all around us is this temptation. All around us is false teachings and false prophets. And it was in the first John, the, 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 the epistle, first John, that the apostle John takes a letter and he writes it to the entire church. And it's usually in the Bible, they write a letter to one church, a church in Ephesus, the church in Philippia. That's why you have the books of Ephesians, Philippians, Galatians, Romans. They write to those different churches. And yet he wrote to the entire church and he began to speak about false teachings and false prophets. And I want to take just a few minutes and understand today that what you face today is nothing new than what they faced years ago. What you face right now is nothing short of what Abraham faced when he walked into Sodom and Gomorrah with his, when he looked from afar rather at Sodom and Gomorrah and there was sexual immorality and homosexuality uh, just running rampant in those days and we think it's bad now, but it was so bad then that God destroyed an entire city with fire and brimstone. We face nothing new in this day and age. The lie of the enemy is to get us to believe that we're facing something of epic proportions that the world has never seen, but yet I would rather tell you you're facing the same exact thing they did. David stood on top of the roof of his house and he saw a woman bathing and her name was Bathsheba. And yet he, he, he was initially, immediately, immediately having these sexual feelings towards her, if you understand this. And then he called for her and committed adultery with her. I heard it said, and the Bible declares that David had a, such a problem with lust and sexual immorality that when he died, they threw a young woman in his bed. And when he didn't touch her, they said, oh, yeah, the king is dead. You face nothing new. You face nothing new. And in this epistle of John, he begins to tell them, listen, you're facing some stuff, but I got to set the record straight. And it's in 1 John chapter 4. He begins to deal, and I'll, I'll read us, uh, just four verses for you. He says, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are from God. Because many false prophets are gone out into this world. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of the Antichrist. Whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now already it is in the world. But he said in verse 4, one of the most powerful scriptures in the New Testament. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He laid down everything they were facing. These false teachers, false prophets, everything. And he said, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Isn't that a little bit invigorating? Greater is God that is in me than he that is in the world. No matter what I face on this exterior. You see, if I can just, just break this down for a few minutes here. This 1 John chapter 4, is, is he's dealing with a belief that I will, you may not ever hear again, but it's called Gnosticism. And Gnosticism is a belief that, that everything is spiritual. They believed in those days that they began to teach that Jesus was just a man. And when he was baptized, that the Spirit of God came over him. And before he died, it left him. So henceforth, they said God never died, never laid down his life for us. And everything was spiritual. They would beat their bodies. They're, this is where the Catholic Church got the penance from. And they would, they would sacrifice their bodies and cut their legs off and do all types of crazy stuff. Because they believed everything was spiritual and nothing physical mattered. And he begins to tell them, the Apostle John is like, listen, that's all foolishness. You have to test the Spirit by the Spirit. And I love this verse, test the spirits and see that if they are from God. Why did he say it? Because even the demon spirits have to subdue themselves before God. 
It was Jesus who walked up to the demon spirits and they said, oh, you're the son of God. You are the son of God and that's who you are. And they would shudder in his presence and demons would flee and Satan himself is subjected to the authority of God. That's why when you look at the book of Job and the Bible says all the sons of God, the Hebrew is Bene Elohim, which means angels, all the sons of God congregated before God. And Satan was amongst them. What does that tell me? That even the devil and all of his demons have to give an account to God of what they've been up to, what they've been doing. And he said, test that spirit by the spirit of God. And if it does not say that Jesus Christ is Lord, it is not of God. But even so, don't be afraid because greater is he that is in you. Every temptation you face, greater is God in you. Every sickness that might be in your body, greater is the God in you. Every financial trouble you may have, greater is the God in you. Every relationship issue, every extramarital issue, greater is the God in you than he that is in the world. You should be excited. That God is greater no matter what you face. Every danger, every peril, every, every hurt, every emotional scar you may have from your childhood up until now. God is greater. And if you believe, if you believe in Christ Jesus, every last thing that you face will not stand a chance. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Do you believe that today? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so John begins to write this letter and he's, he's dealing explicitly with all these beliefs and he's telling them, test these spirits by the spirit of God. He continues to address these issues and, and he talks about the spirit of the Antichrist. I mean, anybody ever heard of this? We, we know that in the last days, the Antichrist is a, is a man who will rise up in power. He will unite all the world in a one world religion and we have all these beliefs, but yet he says the spirit of the Antichrist is here. And when he said here, he said amongst us, who was he talking to? He was talking to a bunch of Christians. And so he said the spirit of the Antichrist is amongst us. And this is, this is where I get to the heart of what I want to tell you today, is that the spirit of the Antichrist is the decision in you to always satisfy yourself. The spirit of the Antichrist is exactly what it sounds like. Anything that is Antichrist against God. When you desire to sin and not, and you desire to actually sin and not serve God and not satisfy God, that's the spirit of the Antichrist rising up in you. When you desire to cuss somebody out rather than shut your mouth, that's the spirit of the Antichrist rising up in you. Come on, we've all been guilty. When you desire to hurt someone, when you desire to cheat, when you desire to be extra, you know, extra friendly with every girl you meet, gentlemen, that's the spirit of the Antichrist rising up in you. Every, every sin in the world right now is the spirit of the Antichrist rising up in you, anything that is against God, anything that would rise up against you in your spirit, every curse word, every nasty thought, every pornographic uh, thing you watch, every, every uh, liquor you drink, all that kind of stuff, it's the spirit of the Antichrist because it was Satan, whose was, name was Lucifer, who was in control of all the worship in heaven, and he decided himself, well, let me worship myself. And the Bible says that pride was found in his heart in the book of Isaiah. You can read it when you go home. Pride was found in his heart, and he was cast out of heaven, and one-third of the angels went with him. Why? Because they glorified themselves, did their own decisions, did their own ideas, and, and they were cast out. I would like to ask you today, how often do you find yourself fulfilling your own desires, fulfilling your own will, 
Not asking God, Father, what is it you require of me? Father, what is it you would have me to do with my life? What is your purpose for my life? What is your design for my life? What do you want me to do? Do you have me to be here just to be here and work a nine-to-five job with no purpose and no passion and no destiny in my life? But I would challenge you today that destiny, when you have true destiny in your life, you will never be satisfied with what you're doing until you're fulfilling your destiny. That restlessness you feel, that constant as if nothing ever works, nothing's ever satisfying in your life, that's not just you being ungrateful. That's your destiny telling you, I need more. That's your purpose in life. And you, and you always feel as if you, you cannot accomplish something. and You don't understand why things go wrong and things go haywire. It's just your destiny crying out, I need more. And you're only going to find it in God. Everybody here today? It's like trying to make bread without flour. It's going to be pretty hard. You can't make beef without meat. Can you not? You can't have destiny without God. Destiny outside of God is just called mystery. You don't know where you're going. Don't know where you're headed. Don't know what you're doing. Living life day to day. Having your own plan for life. Having your five and ten year plan for life. But where is God fit into your agenda? Your daily itinerary. Where is God in all this? Where does God fit in? Where does God fit into what you desire to do with your life? If I would ask you to do anything today is to understand that God has a purpose and a destiny for you. And yet I could have decided not to follow God. I could have decided I'll live my own life. I have my own aspirations. Lord, I want to do this. I want to do that. But yet I saw fit to see God have a need. Can I tell you something very profound, very powerful? I see many of us see God as this all knowing, all-powerful, omnipotent God. And yes, by, by all means, he is. He is this mighty savior, this mighty creator, this architect of all of creation. He is the thing that made everything and it holds all things together, as Galatians says. And he, he is everything, but yet he has a need. Of all the greatness God is, all the things that God is, and all the things that he can do, he's got a need, and that need is you. Of all the things, God, see, you don't understand. In Genesis, the, the second chapter, as he created man, the Bible says he breathed his breath of life into him. In, in Hebrew, what it means is a part of God went into you to give you life. So, so when God tries to get you to come to heaven, he's just trying to get a part of himself back. Because without you, he's incomplete. Does that make sense to you? Does that make sense? Without you, God is incomplete. That's a, that's a savoring thought. That's a profound thought for my life that I think that I have to get things right. Why? Because without me, my God is incomplete. Without what I have in me. And this is why God has a love story. No other, no other religion in history is, is, is God chasing man. It's always man having to chase God. But yet Christianity is a story of a God who loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son, John 3, 16, for whoever would believe in him, he would give them eternal life and they shall not perish. Somebody say amen. amen. As we stand here and we live throughout this onslaught of temptation, how many of you get tempted on a daily basis? You get tried on a daily basis. Yeah, every, every day is something. Not a day goes by that you're not tempted to sin. Not a day goes by that we don't smile at the thought of sinning. Not a day goes by that we do sin. The Bible says we sin daily. We sin knowingly. We sin unknowingly. But yet as we stand through all this, one of the greatest scriptures you can hold on to, he said, for greater is he that is in him. Meaning us, you, me. We're not a greater is God in you than anything you can face out there. 
Dalton, greater is God in you than anything you can possibly face in the world. J.D., you understand that? That God, greater is the God and stronger, wiser, more powerful is the God in you than anything you can face out in society. Every urge to sin, every urge you have, every addiction, every temptation, Minister Melvin, every sickness in your body, greater is the God in us than anything that can attack us. Somebody say amen. Greater than any circumstance, any struggle, any emotion, the God that is in us is greater. Maybe you don't have God living in you, but you, 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 you let me tell you that you, you need that God in you. You need to accept him as your savior and say, you know what, I need that greater God living inside of me. First John, the fifth chapter, he begins to go into this, this, uh, this I, w- I would put it as a poetic stanza, and he says some things, and I'm going to read just a few verses. He, he talks about how you were born to overcome. First John 5, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Say that right now. I am born of God. Believe it now. Just say, I am born of God. It goes on. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God. How? By loving God and carrying out his commands. This is love for God. Obey his commands. And his commands are not. Somebody just shout, not burdensome for everyone born of God has my God and he born again saved sanctified filled with the Holy Ghost baptized in fire Christians here you were giving your life to God how many of you know that you've given your life to God you were born to overcome you were for that purpose God rebirthed you so that you can overcome Jesus said to Nicodemus how shall we come and Nicodemus he was like I don't understand he said you have to be born again not of the flesh, but of the water, meaning baptism. And he said, I have to be born again. And yes, he said, be born again. Why? This is why. Jesus said in John 16, 33, in this world, Tito, you will have trouble. But then he said, but take heart. I have overcome the world. How was he able to overcome it? He was born of God. So when we were reborn, when we got saved and gave our life to Christ, and as the Christians say, we were reborn in Christ, born again, Meaning I start anew, I'm a new man, I'm all new. All that old sin, all those addictions I used to have, all those issues, that's the old me. I'm born again, this is the new me. You were born to overcome in Christ. You were born to overcome. You were born to be better. You were born to do the right thing. You were born to know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It goes on, it says, this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. For who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Man, when I read that scripture, it spoke to me so profoundly. And maybe, maybe it might take you a couple hours, a couple days to understand this. But yet, it might take some a couple weeks or a couple months, maybe a year. But you have to understand that you were born of God. Why? For one purpose, one reason, one desire, one plan to overcome the world. That's it. To overcome. Because it comes against you every day. It, it attacks you every moment of your life. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, but the violent take it by force, the Bible says. Ever since the days of John the Baptist, uh, the, the, the kingdom of heaven was suffering ridicule, and, and people were making fun of them, and they were always ridiculing and having jokes and things. But yet the Bible says, even with all that, you were born to overcome. God desires to use you powerfully in this world as an overcomer. 
I got one amen. You can defeat that spirit of the Antichrist in your life of doing what you desire by giving it to God. No matter how hard your life may seem, how many of you sometimes feel like you have a hard life? Things always got to be so difficult. When you feel that way, understand this. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You have the strength that you need when you were born of God to be an overcomer in this world. When you were born of God, you were born simply to do one thing, and that is to overcome. Don't you see? You already have everything you need. You already have the victory. You don't, you don't have to stress out. You don't have to worry. If you just hold on to faith, if you just trust God, if you would just believe him and be encouraged in your heart, in your spirit, that you are on the right path, you are doing the right thing. Don't let sins or issues or circumstances, struggles deter you. But yet stay focused and believe that God is in you. And then when the enemy comes your way, you have to understand that greater is he that is in you. Greater is he. You're going to remember this tonight. I'm telling you. You're just sitting in your bed. Greater is he. That doesn't mean he is in the world. If you say something enough, even the, even the slowest of people can get it. Greater is he than he that is in the world. I saw that, Brenda. I said the slow folks, she taps her brother. It's all right. There's hope for you. That's not right. I know that the enemy would get you to think that you have too many struggles. I know he would try to get you to look down on your life every which way possible. And yet some might sit here today and say, you know, this, this, this is just all too much. It's just too much. You don't understand what I'm going through. I don't, I don't need to understand what you're going through. You need to understand what he went through. We focus on our issues, our hurts, our pains, but yet a, a blameless man, a God, a God man who, who loved you so much he laid down his life on a cross. He was beaten and tortured. For our sins, our transgressions, one of my favorite scriptures, while I was yet a still sinner, Daniel Christ died for me. While I was still a sinner, he knew that he had a chance that I might not accept anything he did, anything, anything he did for me, but yet while I was still a sinner, he died for me. He loved me enough that yet I could have just gone completely the other way, but yet he died for me. No matter how inadequate I felt, no matter how unworthy of God's call, I felt I answered God's call. I had to defeat the spirit of that antichrist in me of doing it with my own will by realizing one thing, that greater was the God in me than he that was in the world. And some today, God desires to use you in other capacities and all around the church. And maybe God has called some of you to ministry. Maybe God has called some of you to full-time ministry. He's called others just to be pillars in the church. And, and you have to understand that you would get to that place understanding only one thing, that greater is the God in me. Too many times we falter. We falter in our faith. We fall. We, we, we always mess up. And it, it, I have to tell you, it's not about how you fall. It's about how you get up. The difference between a saint and a sinner is a sinner is just someone who refuses to get back up. But a saint is someone who gets back up and gets back up. And no matter what happens, no matter how many times the world calls him a hypocrite. See, that the moment I realized that word didn't bother me was when I realized I was a hypocrite. Because I claimed Christ and I sinned all the time. We're all hypocrites. Whether knowingly or unknowingly, we're hypocrites. It's the truth. But no matter how much we believe it or not, that's just call me what you want. Say it like you. It's what I answer to that matters, so I don't care. But yet, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I know what God has a purpose for my life. I know God has a design for my life. And I, and I live in happiness. I, I've been living with joy in my life. I've been living with just complete fulfillment in my life because I know I'm walking in the process that God has for me. And yes, there are days that I detour. There are days that I will lose control, days that I will have my, my moments. But yet, one thing remains. 
God is going to call me. God's going to use me every time. How? Why? I defeated myself. I was able to say no to myself. Days you don't want to preach, don't want to sing, don't want to come to the office, don't want to do no work. Why? Why do I come? Because God is so good to me. God is greater than what I could imagine. Because he's greater in me. That he, 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 see, God, he, he does something to me. I, I don't know if he does it to you. He makes me feel like this. Even though I am like this, he makes me feel like this. You laugh too loud, Yvonne. He made, he, 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 God holds you. You ever, you ever hung out with somebody? Better yet, ever went to the gym with somebody who was in way better shape than you? And they all, you're just like running for miles. I go running with my brother-in-law. I want to just slap him like two minutes in. And he's military. He's all trained for this stuff. I, that, that, tell us, that military training, I don't care. Running for miles without stopping. And I'm just like, <gasps> I need my Afrin. I need my pump. And they almost make you feel inadequate, but then you know how awesome you are, so it doesn't matter. And then you realize you look better walking. Just, this is better. Just... <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you know, and, 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 and it's a, no, on a serious note, though, I, I work out with people, and, you know, I used, to, I used to go with a minister, Melvin. He's an excellent gym partner. I mean, excellent. He'll give you a great workout. And, um, and so I went with him, and, um, you know, it made me want to do better. Hanging out with folks that were better at something than me. I'm not afraid to hang out with people who are better than me. I don't feel inadequate. I feel motivated. So some of us want to hang out with people who are beneath us because we always feel like we're on top. But I want to get somewhere in life. And so I hang out with folks, doesn't mean you're better than me, but I hang out with people who I know can do things that I need to get better at. Amen? And so I would challenge you that, that, that that's what God does to us sometimes. He tries to motivate us. He's better at things. He's better at problem solving than you are. Every time you, you put your hands on the way, things get messy. Let it go. Let God work them things out in those lives. Let God work your heart out. God is so awesome in this place. God is so amazing in this house that he, he even called you here so that you can sit here and listen to some short pastor. That you can hear a praise and worship team. That you can come and, and see all these people. How many of you love your church? God, God called you here. You see, but we say we love our church, but I would challenge you that you are the church. If this building fell tomorrow, the church wouldn't be down. If we lost everything in this place today, fire swept through the whole place, I'd be just as happy next week. For two reasons. One, the insurance money. <laughs> just kidding. But two, because I know that we make the church. I don't make this whole thing possible. It's the little that we all do that we put together that makes everything possible. You see, some of us have this concept that God wants our entire lives, and yes, God does. But the way it works for me is I do what God wants me to do, and then I'm free the rest of the day to do whatever I want to do. But as long as I do his stuff first. And so as a church, as we all get together, I mean, could you imagine? I couldn't imagine the church right now without ushers. Could you imagine walking in and not having one of the girls smile and give you a hug? Say hello to you? You see, and it's we all put our little parts in. I mean, I bet you if Carlos missed a couple weeks from that corner, somebody would be like, well, where's Carlos? Something's different. You know, something's different. And it's when we all put our little bit. Could you imagine if my drummer decided I'm not going to show up? (laughs) 
Could you imagine if one of the guitarists says, oh, I'm not going to show up. Sometimes you can get away with it, but after a while, it's going to leave a void. And, and, and the plan of the enemy is to cause enough voice for there not to be union and unity in the body of Christ. And I would challenge you that you are the church. You be encouraged. Greater is God in you, for if you fail, we all fail. We're only as strong as our weakest links. So how about we all just push each other along, motivate each other to just do better. Don't send nobody to hell. If you see somebody sinning, don't catch them out. I'm like, oh, I know what you're doing. But encourage them. The Bible says restore them in brotherly love. Listen, God has a purpose for you. And I came today with one purpose in mind, to let you know that greater is the God in you. You can make the choice to serve God. It's easy. You just say, yes, Lord, I'm willing, I'm here, I'm able. You can make that choice. And God desires to use you. God desires to work in you. Look to somebody next to you and say, God wants to use you. Come on, stand with me as you say our prayers. God has a purpose even for, the, even for the youngest person in this room to the oldest person in this room. God has a purpose. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's just, let's just take a moment to talk to God right now as we pray, as we seek him. And we just come before him and say, you know, Father, we just desire more of your presence. We just desire more of your, your goodness, your honor, your glory in our hearts. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to take a moment to ask you a question. <clears throat> to our members, our visitors alike, man, maybe you're having some tough times in your heart. You, you're wanting to serve God, but so many things are standing in your way. You're wanting to do the, the will of God. You're wanting to, 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 to fulfill it in every area of your life, but yet some areas you're finding hard. If that's you, come on. I'm not going to call you to the front, but I want you to raise your hand because I, I really, with all my heart, today, I want to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to pray with you. I just want to pray with you today. I believe that God can work some things in your life. Maybe you're sitting here today. You're saying, you know, I, I come to church, but I'm not, I'm not really 100% saved. And I, and I just want God to make that in my life. I want him to be my Lord and Savior in my heart. I want him to take control of my life. If that's you, just come on, raise your hand. Keep your hands up. We're just going to thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. Amen. I see you in the back over there. Thank you. One more group of you. Maybe you're saying, I know God's been calling me, Pastor. He's been calling me for many years. I've been fighting it. But I'm kind of tired of fighting it. I want to put down the spirit of the Antichrist in my own life. And I want to serve God as best as I can. And I want to chase the call of God. And I want to be proactive. Thank you. Thank you. And you, that, that, that's you. Raise your hand and say, I want to fulfill God's call. I'm tired of running. I don't want to be a Jonah and run from the call of God. And I thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, just a couple more seconds. Anybody else? Just say, hey, I just want to pray with you guys. And I want to be encouraged in my spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, you can put your hands down. Grab somebody's hand next to you. The Bible says there's power in agreement. When you touch and agree with somebody, just grab somebody's hand around you. We're going to pray right now. And repeat this prayer after me. And I want you to say it with authority in your life. Dear Heavenly Father, I cast out every work of the enemy in my life, in the person next to me, and in the person behind me. For I know that no weapon formed against me shall prosper and because of that I am victorious so right now I open my heart and my mind my soul all of my life and I turn it over to you that you might have your perfect will in my life I believe this with all of my heart all of my being and I know you have a purpose for me. I know you have a purpose 
for my neighbor. And we are grateful. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come on, if you believe this, put your hands together. Greater is he that is in me. Come on, say that one more time. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come on, tell this person next to you, greater is God in you than anything you will face in your life. Come on, amen. You excited today? I want you to have a, a great Father's Day. Go say hello to your fathers and whatnot. This glory is coming for closing announcements. Please don't forget, next Sunday, one second, musicians, next Sunday, we have a journey to the potter's house. That's next Sunday, right? I got my dates right. What are you going to do next Sunday? Bring a friend. This is a visual preaching. He will be doing pottery based on, on the scripture in Jeremiah, which he's talking about being in the potter's wheel. It's going to be phenomenal. I'm really excited about it. And, um, He's well-known. We have him the only open Sunday of the entire year. He's booked all across the country, and we thank God that we're able to get him here. At such last-minute notice, I called him up, and I said, you have a date in three weeks. Can I have it? And he said, no problem. So he's driving over here from New York on, on Sunday, and I'm really, really excited. You don't want to miss it. If you do, um, shame on you. <laughs>